What's up all you guys out there in podcast land? This is Chris. This is Jason. And I'm the Duchess. And we're the Hashtag No Offense Show, bringing you your weekly dose of crazy Florida headlines. Well, that's not all we talk about. I mean, we talk about stuff like... Yeah, don't forget about me sucking dicks. Oh. Jesus. Some of them dick pics. Let's just check out this clip from a recent episode. Bitch. You know, they don't really have any problems at all. Fuck yeah, why would you? Yeah, everybody's getting their balls drained. They're right. getting in trouble. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and the girls are getting paid. They're happy. And nobody's suing anybody for whipping their dick out. She's got she's got fucking health care for for sucking dick, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, do you know how many bitches in America would suck dick for health care? I would suck dick for health care. You've got it by being married. For free health care. <laughs> yeah, but if we can get health care for free, you wouldn't let me suck dick. I pay $550 a month for health care. Is $550 a month worth it to you to suck a gang of dicks for free health care? <laughs> <laughs> How many are a gang? And will they provide? Yeah, what is a gang of dicks? <laughs> will they be providing sandwiches afterwards? Because if they have sandwiches, then I am in. I'll pay the five fifty and take you to Firehouse. Okay. So if you like what you heard, head on over to htnos.com and you can subscribe on any of your podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on all the socials. Htnos everywhere. Got my satchel of grease in my hand. Then you're tripping up and back down to buy you. I'm the last of the best, they call me the greedy man. Got many clients come from miles around. What's up, y'all? Running down my sorry, uh, running a little bit late at the moment, trying to get everything handled up. And uh, hey, caught me at a good time. I got shit going on in the house. I got a baby running up and down the hall, stomping and screaming. We're gonna make some shit happen today. So, first of all, hello and welcome to the Po Boys Podcast. I'm your host, that motherfucker Jody B, and uh, back with a new episode for your ear holes had a, a very interesting week you know life happens and you you know had a, a fight with the old lady some interesting stuff that was going to be covered in this episode so hopefully it's not too much personal stuff but uh it's been an interesting week did some guest spots two as a matter of fact one with s anthony thomas and one with uh mr b rob yesterday and and we're getting all over and if you'd like to have me just holler at me because i love talking to new people and making new friends and that's part of this whole deal so Speaking of making new friends, my guests today are Devin and Maddox, the heavyweight chumps. Come to know them through this whole new endeavor with the NSFW uh, network. You know, we had Jason and Christina last weekend, and, you know, they're real great folks. And it's just led me to some some new, even better people. And uh, did an episode of their show, I think, a week or two ago. So you can go check that out. Like, subscribe to the heavyweight chumps. It's a great show, and uh, I feel like they have really good uh conversation with some relatively famous people believe it or not for being as new as they are they they've turned out some good guests so it's the christmas season and i'm kind of pressed for time i'm not gonna take up any more of yours i'm going to uh get this whole thing rolling please enjoy and welcome the heavyweight chumps if you work too hard and you need a little rest Try my easy life rub or put some of my balls fixed jam in your breakfast. 
has gone downhill so much in the last few years for me and now I don't even relate to it and I just sit around and listen to this old gold this shit that, that got me through high school man I fucking love it <laughs> man we can we, we can definitely relate to that uh, and we appreciate you picking a rap song because we do have a little bit of street cred thanks to our interview with uh, the great Memphis rapper, Mr. Al Capone. See yeah, that street cred? I got a ghetto pass. Yeah, fatty over here got a ghetto pass. My skinny ass just got a half-ass street cred. Did you just say skinny? I'm skinnier than him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you both uh, larger gentlemen, yeah? Isn't that, is that safe to say? Big fellas? In more than one way. Yeah, all the way. <laughs> My dick's about three inches from the ground. <laughs> Water in the toilet's cold. That's right. Deep, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, without further ado, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we have a special guest today from the Heavyweight Chumps podcast. Uh, and I did a, an episode with them so it's this is really cool this is kind of like my second show with y'all and so i think we're gonna have a lot of fun but uh we have maddox and Devin from uh the heavyweight chumps you motherfuckers welcome nice nice uh, man, what's up? For having us. oh man we're just sitting around trying to make a little audio gold on a sunday morning and hopefully you don't fuck it up too bad you know i can only do so much i'm, I'm pretty good at cutting stuff together but if you completely eat shit i'm liable to leave it in just for the <laughs> the, the comedic purposes so yeah. that's what we do that's right <laughs> I'm not going to let you get away with some shit. Like, everybody's going to hear the bullshit. But Well, now i got to ask good. a question relating back to your episode with us. Yeah. <laughs> Was the lasagna better than the pussy? 
Uh, well, pussy's always better than lasagna. In my personal opinion, don't get me wrong, I love lasagna, oh. but I also love pussy. It's one of my favorite things. <laughs> you sure you are my favorite thing. You don't want to know the rest of his list. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a terrible song. Guys, It's it's been pretty cool because throughout the last, I don't know, what, two months maybe? Say, give or take? Yeah. Getting to uh, know everybody with the, the NSFW network. And I, I don't know if you guys are on it, but I'm saying that thread that we're all in the group text um man it's so nice to be among uh, another group of assholes that i can relate with so well and you guys have really shot up to the top of the pile with almy and hashtag no offense and a couple of the shows that i'm actually really kind of into now man i've been checking it out and i like what you're doing it's good stuff well hell babe we appreciate that we'll take all the listens we can get so officially uh we spoke a little bit about your your origins and some of the stuff that you did before but i am curious so i know that both of you guys were involved with wrestling to some capacity in that uh devin you said you were a performer uh in the ring an in-ring performer for a while and uh maddox did you you did uh announcing and did you do like booking and stuff like that or were you mainly just a microphone guy I was an announcer and a manager. Okay, so you would still you'd get some ringside shit in there too, and come down and get to to piss off some folks. Uh, yeah, and when I brought the what happened was the show that I was working on, I was the announcer, and I ended up managing a team, but I was still announcer too. Yeah. So I'd take the wireless microphone down to ringside, and I'd call their match while I was managing. Obviously, with a bias to your guy. Damn Skippy. Yeah, look at him. <laughs> he can't even get up. He's fucking laying there getting doused. He's out of his league, this kid. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I don't hate that at all. In the spirit of wrestling, and obviously with the, the namesake of the show, like, are you guys technically like a wrestling podcast in that sense? Do you talk about a lot of wrestling stuff, or is it just kind of whatever fucking flavor of the day, and that just happens to be your wheelhouse at the end of the day? It's, it's just something that brought us together and we do a little bit of wrestling we more cover everything else yeah just whatever sparks our interest i mean we do have some wrestling interviews scheduled here coming up we've got uh Actually, we're going to interview Terry Gordy's daughter after the first of the year. We're having our, our buddy Steve Cox on. And, and let me tell you, if anybody would fit in with the NSFW group, it would be Steve. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, we interview, mostly we've cut our wrestling back to just when we interview somebody that's in the business because we started out trying to review the the pay-per-views, the big, you know, we tried out the big four and of course, then we figured out we liked NXT better than we did what the WWE product was right now. So we started reviewing both and it just, hell, it just got to be overkill. It got to be where you couldn't enjoy watching it because you were trying to watch it with a critical eye. Let's see. I uh, did a show with my, my good buddy, my brother, Mr. B-Rob uh, from down in Houston. He's got a, a regular show, but he's also just recently started a wrestling based show. It's not, uh, it's not like a, like like a review show or anything like that, but it's wrestle centric. Like you, you, you know, that's what you're talking about basically. And yeah, he has a little idea that we tried last night and, uh, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. So I don't know if he's willing to share his idea, but I'm going to tell you about it. He has uh, a magic word in his show, right? You just say I'm cashing in, which basically means that the other person has to cut a one minute promo. Anytime during the show, you say I'm cashing in. That means the other person has to do a promo right there on the spot. <laughs> and you got to talk for one minute straight. You can do it in character if you want. Like, that's what I did. I went with Steve Austin just because it's like my favorite voice to do when I'm fucking around. Yeah, man, you just kind of go ham on whatever the predetermined thing was. And I think the, the best way to make that better would be to just write a bunch of shit down on a piece of paper 
and put it in a bowl, and then you know you've got to draw something out, and it could be chairs. Cut a promo about chairs. Well, I tell you, the problem with uh, reclining chairs is they don't have any goddamn hand rest or cup holders. Like that's you just go into it for. <laughs> Yeah. Now, I have to make a suggestion because I hear it judging from what I read in the uh, in the chat the other day, you ended to doing a pretty good Burl Ives impression. I think highly of myself, Maddox. Uh <laughs> I don't know if it's good, but it's you know, you listen to the Christmas movies enough and I, I am a Burl Ives fan, especially this time of the year. I forget how much I enjoy that motherfucker's voice. Until we get Christmas music, and I'm like, oh yeah, fucking Burl Eyes was the shit, man. And uh, it's it's funny because now as an adult, you don't really you don't advertise your talents or your skills. It's the shit you do by yourself, you just kind of keep it in there. You should cut a promo as the snowman. As the snowman. <laughs> hey there, young <laughs> folks. <laughs> Let me tell you a little problem about 80 degree weather in Phoenix. Can't never have snowmen in Phoenix. It's a terrible, terrible place. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it seemed like a really fun thing to do to catch somebody off guard, especially a wrestling fan. Because to me personally, I think that promos are just as important as the in-ring presence and the, the knowledge and all that shit, man. Promos are where the bread and butter is made. That's your character building. If you're not good at cutting promos, you fucking suck. <laughs> you can be the the best wrestler in the world if you can't cut a decent promo man you're just a worker you're not a fucking personality uh hello bobby lashley yeah well yeah <laughs> think about it after a while you would hear these people who were mechanics just these bad motherfuckers in the ring but they never developed because they just didn't do promos or they didn't do good ones so it's like you got to really work on that aspect of it man that's how people connect with you well you talk their asses into the seats yeah i mean like dean malenko Man of a thousand holes. The son of what? A second generation, third generation. Second or third. One of my favorite workers to watch. Right. But shit Bro on hand, a microphone. Put a microphone in front of him, and he's like a three-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't work. So, and then you can take somebody now. Like we were talking about this Elias dude, this fucking guy. He's a passable wrestler, but he's hell on the mic, dude. And that's what we were ta- comparing. Okay, so like now being in the product. At I guess they're up right now I, I from what they were so they they got some viewers. Can you imagine how annoying it has to be to be somebody like uh, Prince Albert or or somebody who might have been a mid card guy in the nineties who wrestled for ten years? For all intents and purposes, you should see when you see that dude walking down the street, you should recognize him. It took him. 15 years to get that kind of notoriety the old school way with being on TV you know maybe once or twice a week now this fucking guy this Elias dude has shown up in just a couple of years and he's got everybody in the arena on his side able to at this point gain more fame and notoriety in a matter of a couple years with his talent that somebody 15 years ago would have to work 20 years to get like that's crazy and I'll give you another name when he comes back that's gonna get a pop I think probably bigger than Elias. And that's Bray Wyatt. When he comes back, because they don't have, they claim they don't have anything to do with him. I'm sorry, the guy's a great hand in the ring. He's another third generation wrestler. Oh, yeah. Erwin um, Scheister. I just found his, that out not too long ago. You know, both of his, his, his father was a wrestler and his 
grandfather on his mother's side. So you're talking about, you know, both sides of the family are into the business. Yeah, he's a he's a WWE born superstar, like The Rock. He's from the stock. <laughs> well, so is Nia Jax. She can't get over for shit. I think they're just having a hard time because she's a big girl. She she's all right. I'm not mad at her. You know what I mean? You need those people. But that was another point that we made. Uh, yeah, last night we were talking about. I guess they're bringing in like lady tag team titles. Like, what's the next step for the ladies? Like, we weren't we're not against lady wrestling. There's there's a place for it, but it's one of those things where like, what's the ultimate goal here? Because you already have the brand split. So are you gonna have two titles? Just for between the two brands, are you going to have four tag team titles? How's that going to happen? How are you going to go? I don't the think process? you have yeah. enough capable female talent on the roster to do two sets of tag titles. Well, that was my point. I said if you really want to build the roster, you're going to have to have more titles, which is going to lead to more contention, right? And I think that tag team is a better way to showcase talent without wearing them out because in that sense, you know, you're getting bodies in the ring and in front of people, but, you know, you're not taking 100% of that fucking beating uh, over the weeks. And so maybe, maybe that's a way to beef up their roster and to get some new titles. And maybe they need to have weight divisions too because that Nia Jax chick is is a big girl and, you know, you see Yeah, but if they do a weight divisions, there's nobody for her to work. But, well, they'd have to find somebody. And that's what I'm saying is if you have say she's the ladies heavyweight champ then why can't you have a cruiserweight champ that's you know the the lower end of the, the spectrum that alexa bliss chick is pretty small but are you watering down the product by having more titles so that was the other thing now you're pulling in titles you're building the roster what's the next goal are we going to make a, a a lady night like Wednesday night is lady wrestling night and we just have the whole thing be lady wrestling? Okay. Nobody's going to watch it. And it's not because they're women. It's because they just haven't made the switch. Just like with UFC, it took forever to get that fucking ball rolling. You know what I'm saying? And I, I feel like it would be the same with, with wrestling. So it's how long overall is it going to take to build that brand and then hopefully make it profitable? Well, and a problem you would have there, too, is that the WWE has already oversaturated its market. I mean, if you look at it, you got three hours on Raw that very rarely holds to the three hours. You've got two hours of SmackDown on Tuesday. You've got 205 Live and NXT on Wednesday. Then you have, you've got Impact on Thursday. Every couple of Saturday or every couple of Sundays now, you've got a pay-per-view. Plus your NXT show. I mean, you're looking at... Uh, what did we determine, Devin, the other day? That they had had four pay-per-views in less than two months? Yeah. When we got to speaking about the ladies' division, it's how do you work that out? Because I believe that's the ultimate goal. What they're going to go for is to try to make a separate product for the ladies. But you're really going to have to build that audience first. Because that one's not... I will be... Honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised if because of the way they're building it now, we don't see a women's main event as the top match at Mania this year. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we get finally get Rousey main event off. between Ronda and Charlotte they do in a rematch from what happened at uh, at Evolution. You don't think they're pushing her a little too fast? Well, I don't. She came. I don't with a think lot Ronda of, yeah. has any right being in the ring yet. Yeah, and that's a lot of people seem to think that and. Uh, I get that you got to make money. So at the end of the day, I don't get paid to figure it out. But I can look at it and say, well, it's interesting. 
Well, know. the biggest problem I have with Rhonda is they need to get her some damn gear that fits because she spends more time adjusting her gear than she does actually working the match. What did we <laughs> count one time? Was it like she adjusted her tights almost 12 times in yeah. a 15-minute match? What's her issue? Really? Is she get a wedgie or something? Or are they just on She's getting away. Look, I'm... I didn't tell you this, but I'm convinced that during the match at uh, Evolution, she went to work in her tights because one of her lips was showing. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> How many times did you watch that back over, Maddox? I didn't, but I caught it the first time through. I, I have a dirty eye. <laughs> just one? Which one is it? <laughs> I got a dirty eye and a lazy eye. You figure out which one's which. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really watch a lot of the product anymore, and it's not because I don't enjoy it. I just don't have the time. I mean, fuck, man. The the Raw shows are three hours long, so the pay-per-views are five, and, uh, you know, that's a long damn time. I don't even watch football, man, so <laughs> I can't just park my fucking ass in front of the TV for five hours to watch wrestling. That's, you know, that doesn't work for me, so I, I'll skip around. I watch WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble every year. That's my for sure, for sure, because those are my two favorite events. So uh, Between those two and SummerSlam, if you're watching, because I'm, I don't even consider Survivor Series one of the big four anymore. No, 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 no. I'd almost put money in the bank there before I would put Survivor Series now. Did I see last year, did they go back to the old Survivor Series format? <laughs> they had some elimination matches. I think they had two. Yeah. Uh, actually, they had three. One of them was on the pre-show, so you didn't get to see it. But they're not going to ever go. I don't think they'll ever go back to the everybody has a team yeah. concept. Because I really enjoyed that. Hearing the goofy ass names they'd come up with for the name, for the teams. It's pretty silly. <laughs> it, it was just stupid. Kings Court. <laughs> oh, come on. Now, that was Jerry and a bunch of midgets. Yeah, I know. That's the most terrifying team in history. It's pretty good. Depends on Although who Although Shawn Michaels had a bunch of midgets, too, so... Oh, yeah, that's right. You're terrified of little people, right? Yes. I heard a story that you told about you uh, hurdling a little person <laughs> in a casino. Is that true, Maddox? <laughs> yes, that's true. Did My you, wife verified it. Did you hop your big ass over uh, a little person that Look, you almost tripped over? <laughs> I, I could have won the hurdles. I turned it. He was behind this cocktail waitress who was a big girl and i didn't see him he stepped up i saw him and my first idea was plant on one foot and just launch if i'd have had a cape i'd have thought i was superman oh lord look, I, we I, all have look, our phobias. I have a friend who is is oddly also uncomfortable around little people and i don't know why i should have played randy newman to start this show off that would have been <laughs> <laughs> no reason for living that's a terrible song if you listen to it in that context, right? Well, if you're gonna if you're gonna play a Randy Newman song for us, it would have had to have been Rednecks. Rednecks? I don't think I've heard that. I've heard. You've a, never heard Rednecks? There's I've even a, there's a lyric in Rednecks that uh, well, my wife won't let me listen to it because that uh, one of the key lyrics in the is uh, Rednecks keeping the n words down. <laughs> Really? Oh, it is right yeah. here. Yeah. Holy shit! What is this? This is from like the seventies. This is before he went to work for Disney. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, as you'll notice, <laughs> just like you guys like to point out on your show, it's your show. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, this is my show. I do whatever the fuck I want. So, Randy Newman, Rednecks. After I saw on TV, TV. <laughs> some smart ass New York Jew. And the Jew laughed at Lester Maddox. 
an audience laughed and less dramatics too. Well, he may be a fool, but he's our fool. If they think they're better than him, they're wrong. So I went to the park and I took some paper along. And that's where I made this song. We talk real funny down here. We drink too much, we laugh too loud. Yeah. Too dumb to make him no northern town. Yeah. We keep in the niggas down. <laughs> we got no neck or men from Texas. Good old boys from Tennessee. College men. Come out dumb too. Hustling around Atlanta in the alligator shoe. Getting drunk every weekend at the barbecue. Yeah. The keeping the niggas down. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy Dang. shit. Well, I'm gonna have to check out the rest of that song later. I, I'm, I'm, I'm betting you Disney didn't hear that song before they hired him. <laughs> I fucking love Randy Newman, and I'm, I'll say it out loud. I'll say it here. I've said it before. Um, there's a documentary uh, on Netflix called "I Am Unfortunately Randy Newman." Have you ever heard of this doc? I've heard of it. I never watched it. It's a wonderful documentary because basically Randy Newman explains how back in the day he was the shit. And he's not, like, bitter, because I imagine he was an asshole the whole time. You know? Like, every document that I've seen says he was kind of a prick the whole time. So he's not out of character when he's just like, no, man, you know, all these other super famous people. And, uh, you know, I have 16 Grammys. Did you know that? (laughs) He's like, I fucking wrote all these songs. I wrote all these other songs that other people sang and won awards. So, I mean... It's kind of weird being, you know, as accredited as I am. And, you know, I just live here in Beverly Hills in this little two-bedroom house. And nobody really knows I'm here. And that's cool. Fuck them. <laughs> that's Randy Newman's doc in a nutshell. <laughs> you know, I'd be happy in a two-bedroom house in Beverly Hills. Yeah, well, that was his point. He said that basically he has his core audience. And so that's who he plays to. He does. He's not about the, the bullshit where you get in and start stroking cock and, you know, acting like you're down for these causes and them causes to get other people. He's just like, fuck it. I'm going to do my shit. And if you want it, come to my website and buy my shit. Man. Right. I'm going to do me. Mm-hmm. And so I respect the shit out of Randy Newman, no matter what it is. And some of his songs are very uh, uh, deep, you know, very philosophical. It's interesting. The uh, the little people. And that one's particularly downright racist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny, like, because he's, uh, he's being kind of a dick. <laughs> I love it. The uh, I remember when the Short People song came out, they talked about it, how he got sued by, I guess, uh, an association of little people because they said that it was basically uh, a song against little people. And he was like, it's not what it is. You're fucking stupid. And then he just moved on. <laughs> he didn't apologize. He didn't write a letter. <laughs> he didn't fucking do a book signing. He didn't uh, handshaking. He just said, I don't know what to tell you. Fuck off. <laughs> well, I mean, in his defense, that particular organization has a tendency to sue anybody because, I mean, they even protested Brad Williams and he is a little person. 
And he says midget too. They don't like that. Yeah, that's the problem. Wow. The the, the words in that song are short people got no reason to live. <laughs> <laughs> no reason to live. <laughs> oh, and, uh, God. I don't know, man. Uh, those people come along. And it's funny because most people think of Randy Newman. They think of Toy Story or yeah. I, I Love L.A. And they're like, ugh, fucking Randy Newman. I can't stand this guy's voice. If you haven't listened to his songs or went back and looked at the lyrics and seen the kind of shit he was rocking back in the day, you're doing yourself a disservice. Go back and do it. If we're going to talk songs that you should go back and look at, have you heard about the upheaval over Baby It's Cold Outside? We just had a conversation about it last night. Okay. What do you think? Because, I mean, in heart of the whole Me Too movement, Mm -hmm. I mean... It, it kind of is a rapey song. It is a rapey song. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not going to believe this. When I said I've talked about this last night, uh, it wasn't with my buddy Rob. It was with my wife. And she's a fan of that song. Did and you just do Borat? Yeah, yeah, we do that when you say my wife. Okay. You have to say my wife. <laughs> Uh, I, I oh, I was supposed to remind you to tell us the story about the fight. Okay, we'll go into that uh, next. <laughs> Let me put a check mark right here. Ba-pow. So last night, I found out that apparently my wife doesn't give a fuck <laughs> that uh, it's a rapey song. Because I said the same thing. I said, look, I've listened to that song a bunch. And I have these moments now as an adult where I watch movies, I listen to songs, and I just kind of go, hmm. <laughs> I didn't catch that before. <laughs> this song's a little rapey, huh? And then we go, yeah, a little, huh? Right? Just a little bit? And Baby It's Cold Outside is a very rapey song. <laughs> the only way to make that song seem more rapey would be to let Pepe Le Pew record a version. Yeah. Pepe Le Pew was the rapiest of the Warner Brother characters. <laughs> Baby It's Cold Outside. I really can't stay. <laughs> they're, they're having a date. Is what I'm imagining. I'm imagining a nice dude in in the 1940s or 50s and a young lady, and they're having dinner. Probably already had a couple drinks, and she's like, "All right, then. Well, I'm probably gonna bounce." And he's like, "You sure you don't want to stay? Because I got something for you." She's like, "I don't know. <laughs> I'm thinking." But then you the hit, baby. What's in this drink? <laughs> <laughs> it gets a little rough, and you know what? Freedom of speech. I'm a full supporter. You should be able to say whatever you want to say. If you want to say that I think this is kind of rapey, cool. I don't know about taking it off the radio. So One station has. In Ohio. That's how I found out about it last night. There was one station that got numerous responses, and yeah, they pulled it. And so now the uproar is over people saying things like, that's a goddamn classic, and how do you take it off the, the thing? And in today's pop culture and, and music, we got songs of, that glorify, you know, raping and dancing and drinking and fighting and murder and all this stuff. All in the same song. And basically what I said was to a comment, I just said, well, yeah, but in the songs, Bruno Mars isn't trying to verbally assault Katy Perry. If they did, if, if Bruno Mars and Katy Perry recorded a version of that song right now, how would it sound? You think you think people right. would be on board? What did he just say? No, just have one more. Well, that's uh, matter of fact. Go back and uh, if you ever want to find out what happens after that song, go look up 
the sketch between Jimmy Fallon and Cecily Strong from uh, Saturday Night Live. They did a sketch where they did another version of that after it ended. Yeah. <laughs> and he's trying to get rid of her. <laughs> all right, you can go now. Bye-bye. It's all about perspective. And it was funny because in that moment, my wife was on the other side at first. She was like, what are people so bent out of shape about? Fuck them. I thought as a lady, you would be like, it is kind of rapey. Nope. <laughs> I can see the argument against that song. The issue that I'm taking with the problem of this political correct bullshit era we live in right now is the fact that people seem to... People are clamoring and saying that Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is not appropriate. Because of bullying? There was a few different ones. Number one, because of bullying. And A, because Santa was one of the ones that bullied... Rudolph in like the and movie. Sam is not a bully in the in the the old school Rudolph movie where he was. Yeah, okay. and then uh, number two was uh, they thought that uh, Hermie was a psychopath because where did he get the teeth to be putting into the dolls? It's a very good point. And he was a little too obsessed with dentistry. Hermie was gay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That was the underlying thing. If you take every reference in that thing and instead of saying dentist, change it to, you know, some kind of a, a homosexual overtone. That's what they were doing. They were making him weird, too. That's what they did back in the day, man. People. Make well, we up have movies. determined to take part of uh, part of his dialogue from the yeah. from that special and record a Spunk Lube commercial. Yeah, I want to be a dentist. If you change that to, I want to suck cock. What? You want to make toys? <laughs> <laughs> like it's, yeah, that's how people reacted back then. It was fucked up. So, it's uh, <laughs> old movies, man. They get a little harder every year. Boy, I <laughs> I was just thinking the sound effect. Oh, oh god. I love it. So the, the fight. But let me ask let me ask you guys. How long have you been doing your show? Uh we are right now, so we started in February, so we are at ten months. So you're creeping. Okay. Have you had any issues with your spouses? Like as far as uh, and you know I, I I don't know everybody's situations. Do you have a significant other who ever gives you shit about how much of your spare time you spend podcasting versus? My wife owns the show. We're just the paid help. That makes sense. She's she's the one stacking all the money. Wait, we're we're paid? No, we should be, but we're not. Um, <laughs> she took all the damn spunk loot. Because I can't tell you who she gave it to her. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> now I got to know. <laughs> I'll tell you all. <laughs> Man, it's um, so there's been this ongoing thing and it's happened about every eight months. It creeps in and anybody else that podcast that has a significant other that doesn't listen to podcast isn't interested in podcasting knows this conversation that's fixing to happen right now <laughs> it's weird because when we were first together we were like inseparable and now you know we've, we've got the baby which took away some of our a lot of our time together and now it's even less because i spend a few hours you know doing podcasting uh throughout the the week or just on sunday when it's usually a day that we do shit together and i think she gets jealous about how much effort i put into scheduling and doing all that stuff and uh we just kind of got into one the other night man and it was weird because we had just done something really fun as a family we went to go to like christmas lights walk oh yeah we saw the pictures of that yeah 
We had a good time. And on the way back, I was just, I think I was fishing for a compliment, which is part of my psyche, Maddox. I'm a little fucked in the head and a bit of a narcissist. So sometimes I fish. And uh, she said something about, I think I was reminded her that I had a show with you Sunday, right? Because I like to keep her in the loop so she doesn't get surprised. And I'm just like, oh yeah, hey, I got a show uh, Sunday at 10. And she goes, all right. And we're driving. And I go, man, isn't it crazy to think like, and I think February, it'll be like two years for me. It makes me kind of happy that I've stuck with some shit this long. And, you know, like, uh, I think I've got 85 episodes. That's over 85 hours of, of you know, broadcast stuff. And she goes, uh, yeah, I wish you had 85 hours with me. And I was no. like, oh, shit. Now, let me remind you, this has been a conversation that's been had probably four or five times in two years. It just creeps in. It was more in the beginning because in the beginning, dude, I was begging people to come on the show. You don't know anybody. And, and it was real different when I first got into it, dude. Like, people really didn't help anybody. And it makes See, me See, we walked into it lucky because our first podcast, we recorded at a film festival at Ole Miss. Yeah, it's so we it's, had a buttload of people right off the bat. This group that uh, that we've kind of come into, you guys should consider yourself very lucky because it really wasn't like that when I got into it just a year and a half, two years ago. People were very, you know, to themselves, and the only interaction you, you would get would be the hand job, like you know, you share my shit, I'll share yours, and in the the chat rooms there'd be rules and shit. You get pulled into these big ass chains of people, and then it's like retweet all the stuff you see and if you don't retweet it then you're gonna get kicked the fuck out and shit like that and it's like all right why (laughs) like i don't i don't care about this other shit i mean i'll share the stuff i listen to and i kind of learned a lesson from that is just retweet it (laughs) that's fine but when they want reviews and all this other shit i'm like uh no <laughs> no, I can't review you if I don't listen. Yeah, it's it get it used to be very touchy, and I think people now are kind of like whatever about it. Like, you know, if you don't kind of give the reach around, people might get a little shitty with you. But at the end of the day, it, it seems like a very cohesive unit. I don't understand why you know it's an issue where you ask questions and you want help, and people don't seem to want to help you, and like that shit. Well, is it me. just me, or does it seem like Randall and Brooke have kind of bailed? I haven't seen them in there lately. No, they got out of the thread. Is he's um he doesn't fuck with Twitter. I mean, we're all grown ups, you know, and everybody handles their social media a certain way. This is all I I kind of my interaction. So I'm more in Twitter than I think most adults, <laughs> and uh, I think that they they've also got their own network stuff to do too. Like they right. network. So yeah, I know that a lot of those people that were in the chat room probably bailed when they kept opening their phones, and it was like 56 unread messages, and you just read through the filth. And the terrible shit that we were talking about for the last 20 minutes. Or the pictures of Amanda with a butt plug in. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It's funny, man. You get to see everybody's thing. But overall, you get experienced. You you meet people. And you kind of learn how to read folks right off the bat. And I'm I'm okay at it. I'm not the best. I've been fooled a few times. (laughs) We get into an argument. And this is also after I went to eat dinner. I got one of those mushroom Swiss burgers from McDonald's. One of the new burgers. And I cracked it up. Hmm. I'm hungry, Maddox. You know, I haven't eaten since breakfast, and it's like 10 o'clock at night almost, 9, 10. So I'm eating this burger, and I open the box, and I go to, to like take a bite of it. And she she could have said, like, oh, that doesn't smell good. What is that? Uh, can you wait for a minute? Something like that. But instead of being an adult, she, uh, like, retches like a dry heave. She goes, Bleh. 
what are you doing? And she was like, oh, I don't know if you're going to be able to do that, man. She's like, that shit fucking smells bad. And I was like, okay. And uh, I just put it away. She's like, well, go ahead and eat it. I'm not going to, you know, do that to you because I'm going to be right. often stank in your face. And so that was the the print, the the first jab <laughs> that came in. I was already kind of salty because I was hungry. <laughs> and then that next series of events. And it just, you know, it's the same shit. You know, why do you spend your spare time doing this when you could be spending it with me? This is kind of fucked and all this other stuff. And I thought very seriously that uh, <laughs> Wednesday this week I was done podcasting. I've been done podcasting about five times. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you, have you considered trying to get her on to have an open discussion about it on the air? Yes, and I'm very interested in having my wife on as a guest, but I only have one microphone, and I have a second microphone. I need to spend like 25 more dollars to get a preamp to give that microphone power. Otherwise, it just doesn't work right. I haven't had the extra 20 bucks. So trust me, I know how expensive this hobby can get. Yeah. I mean, right now I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm about a hundred bucks altogether with what I've got. So I'll spend the extra $25 when I have it. I just don't yet. And I think that she does get a little offended because, uh, you know, I'm not begging her to be on the show and I love her. And we, we definitely, we've done a few episodes. We've done like three or four. She's actually one of my most reoccurring guests. If you really break it down. So I don't know, man, it's just weird because I know that she doesn't have as much time as I do to listen to podcasts. So she's really not interested. You have to listen to them to be interested in them. Am I correct? Am I wrong? No, because my wife and I both we both listened to Hollywood Babylon, the Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman podcast. Um, we both listened to uh, Prince and the Wolf with Freddie Prince and Josh Wolf, and she's got a few others that she listens to that I don't listen to. Yeah, uh, she can't stand Joe Rogan. She doesn't like Joey Diaz unless there's a decent guest. It's yeah. just she says Joey just tells the same damn stories, and she got bored with him about a year in. It happens. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. There, I've heard about four of his stories about 20 times, but that's fine. I, I know the stories when they're coming. Burt Kreischer's the same way. I think I'm the, I dude, I've only got like six good stories. It's the way it is. <laughs> when you talk yeah. at hours on end, uh, I can't wait to the get same you shit set up to record your stripper story. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good one, man. That was, that was an experience. I haven't been back to a strip club since. Because we have uh, the weird laws here. They get all the way naked, you have to bring your own booze. BYOB, and we got juice for $8 a bottle. What's up? Yeah. (laughs) $20 cover charge. Although I saw one in Hot Springs that made me kind of curious. I drive by this place called the French Quarter in a little bathhouse district that's up there. And uh, in the window, it is a neon sign that says Strip Karaoke. And I've always been very interested as to what exactly that means. It means they sing their own strip song? I'm not sure. <laughs> I must go check this out. Am I am I crazy to, to be very intrigued by that Well, sign? I mean, you're in Arkansas. We're close to Memphis. Uh, weekend road trip? Yeah, you'd come to Hot Springs? Yeah, why the hell not? Not bad. <laughs> it's very odd, you know, because I went to what they call uh, East St. Louis, which I believe is technically Illinois. I'm not sure. Uh, East St. Louis is the area of St. Louis that Clark Griswold got lost in in the very first <laughs> National Lampoon's Vacation movie. For those of you out there that don't remember, don't know the area, roll them up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so my uncle and I, we just go to a strip club at Tuesday, two o'clock in the afternoon. They had a five dollar T-bone steak and fries lunch special. <laughs> 
Did you please tell me you didn't eat the food at the titty bar? Yeah, I had a steak and titties. I love steak and titties. I had both. Drakens Eat tried to open steak and titties. Sounds like a great idea. <laughs> they were gonna. They the the old story on Memphis radio was that they were gonna open a, a strip club right on the. Panola and Lafayette County lines between Oxford and Batesville, right on the right on Sardis Lake. Steak and tits. And it was going to be a three-story <laughs> building. It was going to be called Steak Titties and Bait. The top floor was going to be a really upper-class steakhouse. The middle floor was going to be a strip club, and the bottom floor was going to be a bait shop. <laughs> they got people so up in arms. This is when I was working for the newspaper. I had to call them to verify this wasn't actually happening when there were things that got put on the planning commission agenda to discuss pornography in the county. That's so awesome. (laughs) So fucking awesome. Uh, I wish it would have happened. It's funny because I've been buying a lot of strip clubs. One of my previous jobs was a bug guy. I've sprayed a couple strip clubs with bug spray, like walked around and seen it with the lights on. They're pretty terrible. What does it places. take to kill crabs in a strip club? <laughs> uh, it's pretty strong, man. You got to get in there with hand to hand. You need some knife. Them crabs are big enough. You could roast them. <laughs> get crabs in your eyebrows. That's how you know you've been going to too many strip clubs. <laughs> uh, but so here, you know, I haven't gone because why? It's They're terrible here. And in, in the one I went to, dude, there weren't even poles. It was stage dancers, fully nude, and they would put their legs over your shoulders and put their pussy on your face. <laughs> I had one take my glasses off my face. Yeah. Essentially use them for exactly what you think she used them for. Yeah. And then put them back on. It's odd to me because, full disclosure, I'm a pervert. Like, at the end of the day. It well, is that was it is. disgusting, but for more than one reason. I knew this chick. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> she was married to a friend of ours. I I'm like, my glasses, no, no. <laughs> the thing that bothered me the most was just knowing certain kinds of people and then seeing these other people that still fall into the same like lifestyle and just going like, oh, <laughs> this is what all these other people are probably doing the same thing. Like they just come in here and they put pussy on people's faces and then, you know, you get them in the back room, they get a couple extra dollars. They might give you a hand job. One chick was like, hey, you got that white? And I was like, what? <laughs> no, she said, do you party? That's what she said. I mean, I had some weed, you know, I'm just like. She wanted that snow cane. Yeah, that booger sugar. <laughs> and she fucking goes, uh, you know, Peruvian marching powder. You want to party? Yeah, sir. I what did you what you what you trying to get into? She you got any of that white? I was like, oh no, I'm not against it. I just don't have any at this point. I'm like, no, I don't. And she was like, oh, that's too bad because uh, you know <laughs> we could we could spend the evening together. I was like, okay, cool. Well, here's your forty dollars. Thank you. You here's your panties back. I spit them out, and then I was like, all right, I'm gonna get back to the table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and his breath smelled like star kissed for a week. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot of fun, you know. I'm, I'm bringing it all the way back around. I'm sorry. I got off the top of the... Here, let's go for take two. You guys ready? Okay. 
Strip clubs are fun. Uh, I haven't been to any that would uh, compare. So I just like to keep my story nice and fresh in my mind because it was a very wonderful experience. And uh, yeah, that's that. I uh, I don't go to strip clubs because I have a feeling it would cause a fight with my wife, which was where we started this conversation about fucking getting into it with her. And the long, the long and the short of that was we, we worked it out, but it was one of those ones the whole rest of the evening you're kind of pissed off at each other. Like you don't even talk. You slam and shit around. <laughs> You've cut down to just podcasting on Sunday mornings, haven't you? Mm-hmm. We went the rest of the evening kind of just being pissy with each other, not talking, just, and I don't like to go to bed mad. Like, that's something somebody told me very early on about being married, and it's just not a good idea. So, you know, before we went to bed, we kind of made up. She was just like, I'm sorry, because that's the thing. I haven't stuck to a lot of things. I really haven't. And I don't have very much self-confidence, to be honest with you. It's like something I didn't get a lot as a kid. This is the first thing I've ever done artistically and stuck with and actually had somewhat success at, man. And that makes me feel so happy and, like, accomplished, in a sense. It's good. And it breaks your heart when somebody shits on it. Well, and that's what... So what happened after that is, you know, the next morning I wake up to the really long text message... (laughs) (laughs) and then you read it and you kind of feel shitty but you're also like all right maybe i do need to uh focus a little more and do some better planning because i'm kind of shitty about it and uh then you send a long text message (laughs) and then what happens is the the next two days uh for me personally you get to make up sex and hate fuck your wife it's pretty cool you should try it She calls it makeup sex. You call it eight fucking wife. It just depends on what time of the day it is. You know, if there's been enough time, go through. Uh, but yeah, he's gonna cut that comment out. What do you want to bet? No, she knows what time it is. She fucking knows. And we've been together almost ten years, man. Like I know what pushes her buttons. She knows what pushes mine. And it's funny because only a few years ago did we get into like because we didn't fight a lot, guys. I'm not. I know people say that we really didn't because we were very passive with each other. We both come out of long term relationships, and you know we knew not to to be a shithead and then we had the kid and that started leading to just friction you know here and there and uh that was when we discovered like the hate fuck i call it <laughs> like it's just where you're mad but you do like lazy dog because you don't want to fucking talk to her <laughs> you're just like whatever <laughs> the lazy dog and you just stand that man's best friend buddy you just lay there and you fucking grab a hip and a tit and you just hate fuck the shit just Fucking talk to me again, goddammit. <laughs> you know, my wife and I don't, and Devin, you can attest to this. We we yell at one another, but a lot of the time, most of the time, it's playful. Yeah. But when we get mad, we fight dirty. <laughs> and then they try to drag me in it. <laughs> My wife is pretty headstrong, and I mean, we had a rule early on, too. We don't really do name-calling. That's kind of a rule in, in my house. Like, we don't get petty, which I think is what kept us from really hurting each other's feelings. But what we do do, I said do-do, is we go to the extreme. You know what I mean? Like, we go as far past okay and normal to where we know we're playing, so that it's like uh, letting the steam out, but also not actually taking jabs at each other. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. Take the trash out next time. Don't just stuff the shit in there. I'll fucking kick you in the tits. That kind of <laughs> shit. I'm not really being serious, but I am being serious. Like, take out the trash. I don't know. It's 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 healthy, man. You have to learn to communicate, and I think that's our way. And sometimes we just have to reset. The podcast has been one of those things. Probably the only thing. I don't really have friends anymore, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't leave the house that often. I, uh, I just... This is my social interaction, and that's why I do it. I like to kind of have friends to check in on and be like, hey, buddy, 
How you doing? <laughs> That's kind of been the way that we've used it as well. I mean, both of us dealt with, have dealt with severe depression and anxiety over the years. And I essentially became a hermit for a couple of years after my mother passed away. And starting the podcast has kind of helped me come back out of my shell and, and kind of be more of what I used to be. It's it's fun to interact with people. I mean, hell, I was texting with giving Almy, well, not trying to give him too much hell last night because Georgia almost beat Alabama, but we were going back and forth over text last night, you know, just shooting the shit. And it's funny, the people that you end up you know, kind of gravitating to because of who you kind of connect with in this business. We've made some fucked up friends, but I wouldn't take anything for them. It's awesome, man. And you get the only way you're going to find that is to get in there and dig. You were just talking about depression. And this is something that did kind of interest me. I've been listening to the shows kind of on a regular. I don't necessarily get them the day they come out if I, you know, if I'm busy or something like that. But I have been trying to, to listen. You know, the last couple have been really good, man. Like, just fun to listen to and hear you guys interact with people. And I heard on your pre-Christmas episode, you did mention uh, suicide awareness. That was really cool, man, for you to think about that. And, yeah, you know, I mean, it, that's, it's, it's a just very good topic. This time of year. Yeah, man, you don't think about that. But this is a really shitty time of year for a lot of people. <laughs> and uh, it, was... it really is. I mean, because you think about it, even just just looking at it from my side of the coin is that Christmas was my mom and my grandmother on my dad's side's favorite time of year. And both of them are gone. I'm not going to lie. There were when my depression was at its highest. There, we didn't even put up a tree. There were years the presents didn't get wrapped until the day before Christmas. You're just kind of like, whatever. You're just like, OK, we got the shopping done, but fuck it. You know, I mean, it's just. Yeah, you can take the spark out of it, man. And that sucks. You were, you were mentioning it, and it, it brought back some memories because, unfortunately, I've, I'm just like anybody else, I've lost some people around this time of the year, and it just, it really does suck. Uh, I think it's cool to, to kind of say, hey, call me if you need to. I don't give a fuck. What you got? Tell me the most fucked up shit. I can relate. I promise. I've been through a lot, <laughs> and I'm still here, and you should be too. You know, if you're out there earning your fucking scars, just like me and you and everybody else, you've got every right to be here and try to live your life and be happy. And I hate it when people feel like they can't, you know, get out of it, make it stop. We're getting deep here for a second because I, I, it really kind of turns something on in my head. It's like I have very strong opinions about suicide, the after effect. Because psychologically, I feel like it's a very heavy load to put on somebody uh, emotionally. And I don't understand how you would do that to a loved one, especially. No matter how much you, you're suffering, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's terrible. Strictly knowing the mess that family would have to deal with because of it is the main reason I never did. Yeah, and that's how it's supposed to be, Maddox. That's how you're supposed to feel. I don't care how fucking bad off I am. I would never do that. Now, that's because I've almost died, so I have a respect for death. <laughs> you know, I understand how permanent that shit is. And you might change your mind in a couple weeks of being dead, and you'll be like, I feel better now. <laughs> shit. <laughs> I just needed to nap. Yeah, I really I really would like a fucking cheeseburger, but I can't have one of those because I'm fucking dead. You are the cheeseburger at that point. Yeah, and it, it bothers me because it's so permanent, man, and you can fuck people up for a long time, and it's your responsibility responsibilities a parent maybe you don't live for your kids but you should give them the option don't take that away from your fucking children well and the, the thing is you leave everyone behind with such a feeling of guilt as to where it's their fault and they spend so much time trying to figure out what they could have done differently yeah now i'm all for like old people terminal illness doctor cancer related suicide yeah 
I think that's awesome to go out on your fucking shield, man. But as far as uh, people that just go for it, I, my heart aches for people that are feeling that low. They can't find, you know, somebody to talk to or somebody to help them work through it. But immediately after you pull the trigger or kick out the chair or start the car, whatever the fuck you're doing, (laughs) as soon as you start that process and go through with it, it, I turn. There's a switch (laughs) because once you're gone, now I'm like, well, fuck you, man. (laughs) Like, that's not okay. (laughs) A lot of people don't realize find somebody to talk to. 90 percent of the people are going to look at you and say it'll be okay. It's going to get better. And that's all they say. And expect you to go on and live with that. And it's, they know it's going to be good. It's, it's going to get better. But for me, it took the better part of five years to come out of mine. And I, I knew it would get better, but it was just beat you down to the point of, God, this is ever going to get better. It's almost like when you get to the point of finally getting out of that state, you have to have the strength to rebuild yourself. And Hopefully you work some of those skills out because that's not a skill that everybody has to use all the time. I just was fortunate enough as a kid to be dealt enough bullshit that now nothing phases me, man. Like, I, you can't, you're not going to stop me. You won't. <laughs> and that's kind of the thing is I it, it hurts me when I see people that just fold. And I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> you were so close. Well, you know, I used to take anything anybody said to me really to heart and you know and it just uh, people that were judgmental and you're talking to somebody who's got a minor form of cerebral palsy that there was no effect to the mental capacities although i would beg to differ there's probably some trouble up there somewhere yeah you probably got um, a wire crossed in there maddox let's be honest <laughs> yeah but i mean most of my issue is that i'm wa- i walk with a noticeable limp so, I mean, I spent time in, as a child, hell, even through high school, people that were torturing, you know, they talked so much shit because you were different than anybody else. Only in recent years, I've reached this point where I don't give a fuck. You can say what you want to say about me, get it off your chest, and when you're done, I hope you feel better because I don't give a goddamn. It's like people that say uh, comedians like Josh Blue. Um People take issue with him because they don't know if they should laugh because he's up there with cerebral palsy. I'm like, fuck you, laugh at him. He's up there doing what he wants to do. And, you know, getting into the podcast world really helped me kind of buck off all the bullshit that I'd been dealing with. Yeah. And and it's, it's just been a benefit, I think, to both of us on this end. Granted, I'm sure we've pissed off a few people. That's going to happen. Yeah, you're going to pissed off and pissed on them, unless you're into that shit. Yeah, it depends on who you are, man. Different strokes. <laughs> and for all your different strokes, be sure to try Spunk Lube. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, can I tell you a funny thing, like a suicide joke? <laughs> this is It's not a joke, sure. it's just something happened. So uh, one day I'm at my office and we're talking about how to pull a truck out if it gets stuck in mud, okay? Which just sounds like a real Arkansas conversation to have, but I don't remember what we were talking about. It was bad weather and we were just talking about if somebody gets stuck, like getting somebody out, right? Now, if you've pulled trucks out of the mud before and you don't happen to have a come along, a winch, or, you know, however you like to fiddle with that, one of the best ways to do that is a piece of rope with a noose tied in either end of it. You put them over to ball hitches a pickup truck. Noose knots don't break. That's what they're made for. So I'm sitting here and I started thinking. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm from the South or if it's just because I'm 30, but I know how to tie a noose. 
for that reason. Uh, I said, hey, that doesn't seem in this day and age like a, a skill that most people would have, probably, especially the younger generation. <laughs> so I said, I wonder if there's an instructional video on how to tie a noose. Right. <laughs> so I, oh no. So I go to Google and I said, Hey Google, how do you tie a noose? And the first thing that popped up was the suicide prevention hotline. <laughs> oh damn. <laughs> and I don't know why that made me laugh. It's so not hard. funny, but it is. I don't know why, because you, you understand in context, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was thinking about like towing something and how to tie a noose because I was thinking something racist was going to pop up first well thought. I mean if you can't learn how to tie a noose so that you can if you if you can't tow them you might as well finger them right that's <laughs> <laughs> how you get them right there no it, it was funny to me just because in my mind I'm thinking okay well maybe there's a video on how to tie a noose that's kind of a handy thing to know and the first thing that popped up in big letters like it didn't do just like the regular text it was like pop on one Eight hundred, whatever the fucking number is, it's like Jesus. you are not alone. And I was like, I just, I, oh, well, I guess I didn't think that one through. Cool. <laughs> I wonder if it does the same thing if you ask, how do you light a pilot light? Probably not. <laughs> if you said like <laughs> how to put a, a hose from your exhaust pipe into your car window, you might get one. I don't know. <laughs> can, can a can a, a, a rafter support over three hundred pounds? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, now that's a question we would need the answer to. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've listened to a lot of my shows, but I talked to a buddy of mine from the Who's Right show, Doug. And, uh, you know, he, it's not putting his business out there. We talked about it on here, but uh, he had a, a streak and he decided he was going to hang himself. And he's, he's a pretty big fucker, too. And that's all I kept telling him is, man, I hope you tested it. <laughs> like, because in my mind, I'm 220, 230, somewhere in there. <clears throat> I'm a big fucker just on on basis of holding me up, you know. So being bigger than that, 300 pounds, 330, 350, 400, how the fuck you how big you are? You have to have a, a slice of doubt in your mind that as soon as you kick that fucking stool out, like you're fitting to bring the, this rope ain't gonna hold. The rope's not gonna hold. The rafters gonna because that's what I said. I was like, I can just imagine you finally deciding because I believe you get into a place when you're gonna finally go for it. Like I think maybe you get to like just fuck it, let's do it. And I could see a lot of people doing that. And well, see, I have this. I, I've always had this thought in the back of my head because I know my luck. Yeah, and I would have finally gotten to the it. point to decide to try. And I would have grabbed the one chair that the minute I stood up on it was going to break. And by the time I, before I had a chance to rethink things, I'd be dead. I uh, did a promo a long time ago for, uh, <laughs> uh, I called it the jack strap. And it was for these the guys that are choking. For the auto rock yeah. It's called the jack strap. And basically what it is is a belt. And you put a coupling on one end of it, kind of like at the gas pump now, like so you don't drive off and take the whole gas pump. Right. You put a coupling in there that pops at about, I don't know, 200 pounds, 180, I don't know, whatever the resistance needs to be so that if you pass out while you're jacking off, it just snaps and you just fall on the floor butt naked. I think that would save a lot of lives. That's what I was thinking. A million dollar idea, right? Let me guess, you got this idea after watching uh, World's Greatest Dan, right? Uh, first of all, that's the worst movie ever. 
So I've never even heard of this movie. Okay. Well, you should definitely watch it. It's the best movie. It's got Robin Williams. And, uh, you know, as Academy Award winner, man, it's a real soul-touching, heartwarming story. Go check it out as soon as you possibly can. I liked it. You're a terrible person. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. It was the fact that it showed Robin Williams' dick. Oh, man. Why did you? Come on, bro. I'm like, he actually showed it. Oh, my God. You weren't. Man, that's just wrong. Devin, you blew it. You fucking blew it. You're killing me, Smalls. He probably wanted to blow it after he saw it. No, it actually made me feel good because mine was bigger. (laughs) Oh, you liar. (laughs) No, no, no. He's he's out there balls and all, man. Was was... this before or after? Before. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oof. (laughs) <laughs> don't ask yeah, uh, it's before or after huh I'll tell y'all fair okay <laughs> <laughs> do you go noodling and have a turtle bite your dick no. <laughs> that's a sound bite right there <laughs> Jackstrap was inspired by Chris Cornell, actually, because that was before they fully determined whether or not what his deal was. And it made me just think, like, if he was jerking off, I don't know what his home life is like. It would have been cool to think that I had a product that could have helped. <laughs> you really say the best invention to- I would give anything to see him on Shark Tank trying to sell this Jackstrap. idea. <laughs> it's, a great, it's a great bit. I, I think about it all the time, but basically it's just a belt with a cuplink on one side. You hang it over your door frame, and if you happen to pass out, then it unhooks and you just fall <laughs> on the ground and let your dick out. And you start breathing again and go right back to work. Yeah. <laughs> this shit went off the rails quick. It's so fucking weird. I don't even remember what we were talking about in the first place. It was something about, I think I brought this whole thing up. We were talking about suicide. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we were, we were. That's not that part, but... Ugh. Okay, listen. We're going to get it together. We're going to take five seconds here. Woosah. Woosah. Okay. See, I listened to your episode this week, and I heard you say something about a Snoopy snow cone machine thing. Yes. I remember those. They were terrible, but I I really was inspired, and I said, you know what? We should start a fucking GoFundMe (laughs) for for Maddox. I'm sure they have that shit on eBay for like $35, probably. They have that shit at Target for $20. (laughs) Do they really? Did they bring it back? Yes. Oh, well, fuck it then. You need to go fund me for a, a Snoopy snow cone maker. I don't know if we can set it up as a gift thing, but uh, <laughs> we need to put that out there and get somebody to buy the big dude a motherfucking snow cone machine. I think that would be Look, weird. I don't need but one flavor. I only like grape. It comes with orange. I feel like, fuck. listen, I feel like go fund me. I don't know if they would let you do that, but if they would... The way that people go on there and ask for hundreds and thousands and millions of dollars is one thing. But to be like, hey, will you please help my fat friend here? <laughs> and you look at it. My buddy here would like a snow cone machine. You look at it and it says goal twenty five ninety five or some shit like that. <laughs> 
And you just pass that around like, please help. You know, it's it's the giving time of the year. You know, we're doing all we can to help the big guy out. And it's just when you open it and it says the goal is $25, don't you think you would laugh enough at it to be like, ah, here's a buck. <laughs> <laughs> if I could get 30 people to do it, that covers the taxes. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. Like, I think we should definitely fucking do that. I'm just terrible at that. So anybody that hears this or if you get bored, you should set up a GoFundMe for a Snoopy Snow Cone maker. Definitely. Oh, good Lord. And hey, if you do, when we go out in public, we'll take that thing out and use it. And maybe you're one of the people that's out there in the crowd when we're at one of our casino gigs or maybe at our beer store. Maybe we try to do a beer flavored snow cone. It's not bad. I heard you talking on your last episode about the mule drinks. I'm a big fan of the mule. I've got the, I've got the glasses, you know. That's I, what my wife calls me in the bedroom. Does she? Yeah, because you're such a jackass. Hold up. Fucking torched your ass. How about that? I had to set him up. I owed him one. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I don't drink a lot, but I I just discovered the mule a few years ago, and that's a tasty beverage, huh? Now, are you you a Moscow or a Kentucky? I like uh, all of them, really. I've I've seen the Mexican mule and the Kentucky mule, and basically it's just whatever booze you have mixed with ginger beer and lime juice. And uh, yeah, pretty much. I like ginger beer with pretty much all booze. Or ginger ale, maybe. Ginger ale is probably better. Beer is, is okay, but we don't have any good ones here. They're all really spicy, and they're uh, uh, they they're too hot. Yeah. There's a Kroger brand that I took a shot at, and uh, I drank one out of a six pack, and I literally, is that the one with the rooster on the it's label? It looks like like what your grandpa <laughs> cigarettes would have looked like. It's just beige (laughs) the can is like beige with brown letters and it just said ginger beer kroger brand or whatever across it that shit was hot it it hurt a little Mm -hmm. no i couldn't do now i I do prefer ginger ale to mine too so like uh seven up to seven up with any kind of dark liquor tell you you put a little bit of seven up in with your ginger ale in your mule it kind of mellows it out a little bit yes lord well the one that i like is the pomegranate mule doesn't that sound good that does sound I have not tried that one. Okay, so check it out. I went to a really, really snotty fucking restaurant for my anniversary. And uh, on the, the menu, they had pomegranate mule. And I go, okay, I'll try that. And they bring it out to me. Now, I've never gotten my cups to do this. But the fucking mule cup they brought me was like an icicle. It was like had a solid sheet of ice uh, across it. And it was very cold. And, you know, obviously it melted and all this other shit. But when they brought it to me, it was like something out of a movie. Like just a big ice chunk with my drink in it. And I was like, well, this is cool. What's in this? And I I didn't ask. I just kind of used my flavor profile. So, long story short, pomegranate mule is simple. You get a mule glass, you put your ice in there. You get vodka of whatever sort. I use cheap vodka. The taka, I think, the cheapest shit you can get almost. I go taka vodka, about uh, two shots worth. And then you hit it with pink lemonade Kool-Aid. Pink lemonade Kool-Aid, probably about a third. You throw lime juice in there, maybe a slice of lime. You top her off with some 7-Up, and then you stir. Pomegranate juice on top, like Palm Wonderful. You take probably just enough to make it change colors. I'm tempted to try this now. It's a wonderful drink. Kind of tastes like a sweet tart, you know? And so when we have parties... That's what I'm vaping right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a wonderful drink. So I highly recommend it. Pomegranate meal. Get you some. Um, First time I had one was at a Longhorn Steakhouse in South Haven in about 
45 minutes from here, an hour out, and we just decided, oh, let's go have a decent, well, let's go have a good meal. We were out shopping for something and decided we'd go hit up the steakhouse because we hadn't had a steak in a while. I just didn't feel like asking my dad to cook a steak, and I damn sure didn't feel like cooking one. So uh, we go in there, and I say, oh, Kentucky Mule. Okay, I'm a bourbon drinker. I'll try this. And I drank it, and I really enjoyed it. I'm like, huh, what's in this? And it took me a minute. I'm like, I know it's the bourbon. I can taste the ginger beer, but what are the, you know, what are your measurements? Yeah. Well. A shitload of lime juice. (laughs) A few months later, I got lucky in that one of my friends is now a bartender at the, at at a Longhorn. So I I got the measurements. Well, I thought that from what I, everything I've seen, it's a lot of lime. Like you basically a half a lime. You juice half a lime in each drink. Two shots. Two shots of your liquor of choice. It's a generally a half ounce of lime juice. Is that a jigger? Isn't that what it is? The backside of a shot? The backside of a jigger, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you top it off with your beverage of choice. It's wonderful. So I don't know. It was created in California. <laughs> it's not it's not Russian, it's not nothing. It's just It'll get you drunk. Oh, they're fucking delicious, especially this they time they of are year. sneaky. <laughs> sneaky booze fuck yeah well speaking of sneaky booze i think uh i'm gonna go in here and uh your boo sneaking up on you i got about noon rolling around and i think it's about time to crack one we got some shit to do today put up some christmas lights so i'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up uh fellas we sat here and yacked for a bit and it's been a pleasure and basically what i want is you to give you plugs so that people can go listen to your show and uh we all try to to spread the love a little bit can you do that for me Yes, I do it. All right, folks. <coughs> Join us every Monday and Thursday on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and now CastBox. Search for the Heavyweight Chumps. If you're looking for us on Twitter, and let's see, it is Twitter, Instagram, and Tumblr. It is at MadFatLoud. If you're looking for me on Twitter personally, it's at HWC Maddox. And I'm at HWC Devin Reigns. So if you're looking for us, those are our fat channels. Wonderful, wonderful. Fellas, have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll keep eyes on you. And uh, be in touch, man. Don't be a stranger. Be a good motherfucker, yo. For sure, man, for sure. Y'all take it easy. <laughs> All right, man. See you. All right, bye. So that was my conversation with Devin and Maddox. And uh, really wish them dudes well. I think that they're wonderful dudes. And uh, we got deep on that one. Sorry. <laughs> it's just something I think about, man. We covered a lot of suicide stuff in there. And I know that this time of the year is really depressing for a lot of people. And uh, I agree with what they were saying. You know, fucking, if you're feeling low, you're feeling bad, man, it's not hard to find some support this time of year. Just go ask somebody. Talk to somebody about your problems, man. Don't fucking lay a burden on somebody at a happy time of the year, you piece of shit. (laughs) That's not cool at all. That's that. Happy to introduce and to be better acquainted with Devin and Maddox. You guys, hope everything goes well, and I hope that we can maybe uh, do some some, uh, collaborations in the future. Looking forward to it. So, thank you for coming by, and that's that. Gotta wrap it up got some shit to do i just wanted to say thank you each and every one of you for listening i appreciate it and uh 
it, it kind of makes the whole thing worthwhile when you actually uh, come and listen and enjoy the program. That's what, what we're all that's what we're all fucking doing here, man. You know. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy holidays. Uh, be sure to check out our sponsors www.wehavemerch.com you can go there you can get shirts and uh, hats and all kinds of things for several of my podcast friends too i mean the guy helps out a lot he's uh he's given a platform and a store to many many podcast hosts uh to have options for merchandise and if you yourself are looking hit him up shiloh he's a great dude wehavemerch.com you can get at him on twitter at wehavemerch also www.spunklube.com Get some slippery on your dick. Great stuff. Um, you're spending time with your loved ones this year and trying to get it in as much as you can. There's actually a thing called... I don't fucking know. I could Google it, but I'm not going to. I ain't got time for that. There's a condition that apparently rolls around. It's like a winter sex mood that affects women and men. Apparently, everything kind of tightens up and shrinks up. And uh, if you want to ensure uh, a nice, hot, steamy, sexy time holiday season, be sure and get yourself some Spunk Lube. It's it's wonderful product, and uh, they have all kinds uh, for your your needs whether it be you know if you need a pure silicone as to allergens they have that they have an organic blend made of coconut oil and avocado oil it's good stuff it's oil so it's leaky and it'll stain up your sheets but if you're trying to slip and slide all up in somebody's booty hole and other crevices and orifices it makes a very good uh component to go with any of your love making spunklube.com yeah and www.biobidet.com Listen, join the revolution. No longer must you be walking around throughout the day with any doubt in your mind that you have a squeaky clean booty hole. Don't be leaving shit streaks in your underwear either. That's nasty. (laughs) We're grown people and we shouldn't have to live life this way. So, you go to the store, they have all kinds of options uh, from the $55 Slim Edge, which is the one I have, which works perfectly fine. It'll hit you square in the asshole and spray all everything clean. You got to sit there for a minute and let it dry out after you get done so it definitely adds a few minutes to your shit time total but you leave there feeling clean and refreshed like splashing water on your face but it's cold water right on your butthole it's fantastic but it goes all the way up to the high quality stuff too the the multi-function uh multi-angled drying function i mean dude there's something for everybody and depending on your fucking income you might want to step your game up but look you go to biobidet.com look through the catalog and if you find something you like use my promo code poboys that's p-o-b-o-y-s to receive 10 percent off anything in the store i get a little something something they sell some product we all come out squeaky clean in the end and it's fantastic so be sure to do that biobidet.com and that's it like subscribe tell your friends tell your mom tell your friend's mom about the show if you'd like to get a hold of me at poboypod at jodyb501 and uh that's it You motherfuckers take it easy, and we'll catch you next week.
mama died is still 